Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Practicing Human. I'm your host, Corey Mascara. I am recording this episode from Philadelphia, in case there are any Philadelphians listening to this podcast. I'm at the University of Pennsylvania, which, as I said in the second episode, is where I teach positive psychology. Uh, It's pretty cool, actually. It's a Master's of Applied Positive Psychology program at UPenn, uh, the world's, well, one of the world's leading master's programs in positive psychology, where we literally bring in the world's leading researchers on happiness to share their latest findings. And uh, don't worry, I'm taking lots of notes and plan to, to share a lot of those insights with you because it's really cool stuff. So just know you have that to look forward to. But let's get to the real drama, the jingle. What is Corey going to do with this jingle? The jingle is like its own dramatic storyline right now. I feel like people are tuning in just to see how the jingle evolves. So uh, (laughs) let me just... It's funny, and we'll get into the content. I'm sorry. Hey, for some some people like this early stuff, the intro, and other people are like, "All right, just get to it." I got to share at least four messages that I've got gotten just today because they're they're so funny about the jingle. So here here's the first message: Hey Corey, I'm in love with your transition jingle. They're perfect. Please keep them as they are and never use real songs. Next message: Hey Corey, love the bell jingle. Not so much. Next message. Corey, please don't ever stop singing your jingle. Capital please. Next message. I think you should get a real jingle and not sing it. (laughs) This This is what I'm dealing with. So it's interesting to make decisions with all of this different input. And it kind of feels like being the president of a country. You have all these different opinions, so many people to please. And I know there are the people out there that just are going like, do you, Corey, do your thing, do whatever you want. And, uh, and like, I get that perspective. There is that way to go about things. And I do want to honor like my own unique flair and style and playfulness. And, uh, and at the same time, I do want to recognize like we're building something out together. And I do want this to be something you look forward to on a daily basis. And I think there can be a happy medium, a balance that, uh, that welcomes everyone into it and, uh, isn't just the Corey show and isn't just like one person's particular perspective so that will continue to unfold over time and you can follow the drama the storyline of the jingle but today let's just start with the bells and see how this goes and for those tuning in for the first time that have no idea what i'm talking about with the jingle all you need to know right now is i'm going to ring some bells and all you need to do is just listen to the sound of the bell as if it were the most important thing in the world right now, give it your full presence, your full attention, all the way until the point when it dissolves into silence. Great job. So I'd like to start this episode off with a question. And that question is, what is it like to be you? This is one of my favorite questions to ask, to get myself more attuned to myself, present to my experience, and also making space for more parts of myself. 
Now, I might have said that in other episodes, this idea of like making space for more parts of ourselves. What does that mean? Well, a part could be any kind of expression within us. It could be the part that is happy, another part that is sad, another part that gets defensive, another part that's really open, a part that's vulnerable, a part that is fearful. We have all of these many dimensions of our being that contribute to our experience of being ourselves. But many times through the various traumas, difficulties, hardships of life, we deny certain aspects of our experience, the parts of us that might feel insecure. Maybe we go to a personal development conference and like nobody's allowed to feel insecure or big emphasis on positive thinking. And so in, instead of like kind of learning about that part of us that's insecure and what it needs and where it might be coming from and actually giving it something to, to shift or transform or become an ally, we kind of just suppress it or override it. And often in those cases, at least in my experience and the people I work with, it's not like that part goes away. We kind of just dress it up, make it look a little better, but it's still like lingering beneath the surface. And I get it. You know, at certain points in our lives and certain points in our day, we can't always give full access to every part that's there, right? If we're going through something difficult and we're at work, it's good that we can put up some boundaries and say to this part, okay, not right now. Like, I'll experience you later and uh, and then maybe allow all this emotion, let's say it's sadness or grief, to come to the surface to be felt. But I think a lot of us just have this perspective of, this part should never be felt, should never be experienced. And that gets a little tricky because then we start shutting down to ourselves, numbing ourselves, and it leads to a, a fragmented sense of ourselves where only certain parts of us, usually just the parts that we like, are welcomed into our experience, which then, of course, requires all this extra tension to keep the other parts at bay and not let other people see those parts of us. And right, I think you, you get a sense of like the, the kind of tension and stress and discomfort that that can cause over time and really just an emotional heaviness. And we'll talk more about how to work with, with those parts like in depth throughout this podcast once we get a little bit deeper. But for now, like an awesome way just to connect to more parts of yourself and make space for more parts of yourself is that question of what is it like to be me right now? And this is actually the question that I use to open the first chapter of my book. Stop Messing Your Life, How to Be Deeply Present in an Unpresent World. Sorry, that's not meant to be a commercial. But it's to say that um, that that question I found so powerful as an invitation to connect with ourselves that I, I wanted to lead the entire book with it for us to actually drop in for a moment and check in like what actually is here. And so you can do it while you're listening. You can continue to listen to everything I'm saying and just feel for a moment. What is it like to be me? When you ask that question, just imagine like a, a pebble, that question being a pebble, just dropping into the well of you. What is it like to be me? Not forever, not in the future, not who you want to be or not who you were, but just in this moment. 
And there might be something that comes up quite easily and maybe it's an emotion of joy or happiness and gratitude. Maybe it's a feeling of heaviness or a sense of being lost or confused. The beauty of this question is that it doesn't have an agenda. It's not trying to get you anywhere. It's not trying to fix you. It's not trying to compartmentalize you. The intention of the question is just to get to know you. What is it like to be you? All of you. Not just the good parts. Not just what you perceive to be the good parts. But the parts that maybe you're most fearful of. The parts that you're not making space for. And the the counterintuitive way that this tends to cultivate a kind of happiness is that when we start making space for all of us, the good parts and the parts that we're uh, often trying to keep away, that tension that we use to keep those parts away softens. And we settle into this... hmm, I like to call it, a, instead of a well-being, a, a whole being. The well-being of wholeness. Of not running from ourselves. Of not trying to be someone else other than who we are in this moment. It doesn't mean we're not trying to change or shift or work on things. Of course, like that's that's always important. But in this moment, what's here, you can't change it. It's like trying to, trying to uh, deny the fact that gravity is here. So can we, can we honor what's here in this moment? Make space for it. Let those parts breathe so that they can kind of surface, pass, maybe integrate. And feel some of the ease that comes with that. So I'd like for you to maybe take this question into your day a few times today. Right? It could be the first thing you know, when you wake up. Well, you're already awake, so you could try it tomorrow morning. (laughs) But maybe right before you go to bed, what is it like to be me right now? And just feel the the wave of the emotion of the day. We accumulate a lot of emotion and tension and energy throughout the day. And oftentimes, just the heads down, we're on autopilot, rushing to the next thing. Before you go to bed, it's just an awesome time. Nobody needs anything from you, at least until the kids wake up, right? You're under the covers, just like, oh. What is it like to be me right now? And it just gives permission to feel a little bit more, to make space for all of those parts that didn't get to be experienced. It doesn't have to be in bed. It could be while you're at your desk, while you're standing in the grocery line, while you're driving your car, or while you're going to the bathroom. <laughs> what is it like to be me right now? Yeah, and maybe you can feel the, uh, the depth of what that question can actually point to. And then what comes up in that space, right? Sometimes it might be relatively neutral. It's like, meh, nothing. I feel not too much right now. Other times it might be like a lot of excitement. I really like where my life is at and what's happening in this moment. Cool, you get to experience that. Other times it, it actually might be quite emotional in, um, in even a painful way, in an uncomfortable way. Especially if we've spent a lot of time running from ourselves or intentionally distracting ourselves from these parts. So you don't have to go full in. You don't have to open up the floodgates and and feel everything. But maybe just practice making a little bit more space to feel some of those parts and start that journey of reintegration, of moving toward whole being. (sighs) Okay. 
<laughs> I think you could hear in my voice, right? It's a, a little bit more settled, calm. This this question and this topic, it's, it's not that it's heavy, but it can be heavy. Uh, it, it's pointing to something that I, I hold as particularly uh, precious and deep. And it's, um, well, it's not something that I'm going to bop around and talk about with a lot of inflection. So um, notice where it lands for you, what kind of space it puts you in, and, uh, and have fun just dropping into it throughout the day. All right. Well, before we go, or before I ring our closing bell, um, remember that if you want follow-up resources, meditations, book recommendations, uh, different tips and strategies around mindfulness and meditation, and no, I will be adding to these resources, but for right now, you can text your email address to 631-337-8298, and you'll get an automated email with all of these resources. And some of the meditations in that, like specifically the 15-minute uh, meditation and even the 5-minute meditation there, they're all making space for us to feel more of like oh, ourselves, our experience, our thoughts, emotions, sensations, moving us to this place of whole being. And, and that's really what this question is pointing to. So um, so check those out. And uh, as always, if, if you're inspired, share this with a friend. Tell them about it. We're really trying to spread the word of this podcast. And uh, ratings on Amazon go a really long way. All right. I'll ring the bells and that will signal the end. Thanks for tuning in. I'll talk to you tomorrow. And until then, take care.